Welcome to the Independent Minds, a series of conversations between Abbasida and people who think outside the box about how work works, with the aim of creating better workplace experiences for everyone. I am your host, Michael Middleward, the Managing Director of Abbasida. Today, I am joined by Peter Moore of SimplifyingEntrepreneurship.com. Hello, Peter. Hello, it's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you very much. Really looking forward to this uh, conversation. I think uh, there's going to be an awful lot for us to learn, but please could we start by you telling us a bit about the work that you do? Well, Michael, I spend most of my days working with frustrated and overworked, overwhelmed business owners. And it usually... You know, they've been at it for a while. They're sort of small, medium-sized businesses, and uh, they're finding, you know, maybe they have a bit more money these days, but they're kind of sitting back going, huh, I'm working 60, 70 hours a week. I'm maybe not seeing my family as much. I'm not home for supper or not enjoying some vacations or, you know, we all, we ha- we all have these visions when we get into business, right? And if you take back, and I'm asking you, the listener here, take it back to when you started your business. It doesn't matter when that was, you know, one year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. Um, and think about why did you elect to become a business owner? It's probably because you had this idea of certain freedoms that it would bring you, you know? Oh, I'm going to be able to do this or do that. Each freedom is uniquely yours. So, I mean, I can't put words in your mouth, but, you know, I want to uh, have a life that looks like this. And if you aren't there yet and you're finding yourself mired down and overworked and frustration and overwhelm and things like that, well, um, which is the the basis of our conversation here today, right, Michael? You know, that's and people that I work with. I, I love the conversation that we're going to have here today because that's exactly sort of the sweet spot of, of why I do what I do. You've run several businesses and what you're doing now with simplifying entrepreneurship is taking all your years of experience to basically provide a guide being an entrepreneur. Very true. I mean, I, I still operate our, some retail stores. Uh, we have a couple of other pop-up businesses as well that, that are more seasonally oriented. So uh, I've been a lifelong entrepreneur, uh, always had multiple businesses on the go. And, you know, people will say, well, how do you do that? And it's all through setting up your business properly to uh, allow you to do the things that you truly love to do. I've got this other framework that uh, it's called Love It or Leave It. And the love it or leave it sort of framework. And you can imagine this, and that's why I like to name things with with names that you can imagine. But the idea is that you want to, as the business owner, you want to work in your love it zone most of your working time. And if you are feeling, and here's how to quickly understand whether you work in your love it zone, because right now, Michael, I'm in my love it zone. I love to have these conversations and I love to kind of get dig deep down into this with people who are of like mind. And, you know, so for me, when I'm in my love it zone, it doesn't feel like work. It actually gives me energy. It doesn't take it away. So if you're one of those people, like I know a lot of listeners of this, uh, of this podcast probably are, you like to work, but just consider that you like to work in your love it zone 
And when you're feeling frustrated, overwhelmed, overworked, it's probably because you're not working in your love its own. And that's the, that's the kind of area that drags you down. It, it like, it makes me feel as though I am burnt out. It makes me feel as though they're, why am I doing this? You know, all those questions and it makes you awake at night. Uh, you lose sleep, all of these different things. It's probably because you're not working in your love its own within your business. So how are we overcoming that in our businesses, right? And, and I think that's a big piece. When you set up a business, it is something that you're passionate about. You've seen the opportunity. You've seen the need. You want to change the world. You're passionate about it. And when, you've got, when you're in that situation, none of it feels like work. You wake up on a Monday morning wanting to get on with things. It's when, when you can start to describe it as work. Maybe that is when you are starting to feel overworked, starting to feel overwhelmed, starting to feel frustrated. And all of the things that you decided you wanted to start your business for, the things that you were passionate about, you're now becoming the business manager. And there's a big shift between entrepreneur and business manager. There is, you know, visionary and management. Uh, you know, there's so, lots of so, sort of lots of different ways of looking at that. And I like to say, you know, um, moving from management to moving to ownership. And I just love words and how you can use words to change your thinking around things. And so, you know, if you think now that you are spending too much time managing and not enough time owning your business. And that's why I have the other little framework that's, and you've probably heard it before. It's not my framework, but you own your business and it shouldn't own you. So those kind of things around the idea of, do you want, and, and some people are like born managers and love to manage. Uh, and a lot of times those people belong owning franchises because in a lot of cases, like if you think of, of McDonald's, for example, McDonald's is a wonderful business in most cases that I know several McDonald's owners and they do phenomenally well, but they aren't your typical entrepreneur who kind of goes out there, does what they want to do and makes the business around it. And, you know, they're actually rule followers and awesome managers and understanding if that's you, then there are certain businesses that align for that sort of things because in in mcdonald's you have to put that big mac together the right way every time and so does all of your team right you there is no area for changing that if you're that kind of person which is more on on the management side of things then understand that and embrace it and do well with it in the business that you choose to own but if you're the other person who wants to create things and do like, I'm, I'm more on that side. You know, it's like, I want to create things. I want to come up with my own ways. In fact, I'm, I'm rather a rule breaker than I am a real follower. And I have to have good real followers around me to keep me in track sometimes because even my own rules, I break. So just understanding some of those things allows you to take down the frustration and surrounding yourself. And I mean, you're an HR guy you know, surrounding yourself with the team that complements you as the owner is so important to reduce the frustration and the overwhelm that you may be feeling. Now, listening to you there, I'm thinking, yes, McDonald's, they produce a great product. And regardless of which McDonald's you go into, and I've been into them in all sorts of places around the world, a quarter pounder with cheese is a quarter pounder with cheese. But what McDonald's have done and what all of those other restaurants in the same sector have done 
is exactly what you've said in terms of they've simplified the delivery of their product, the promise of their product in the environment that they want it delivered in and simplified everything down so that that standardization can be achieved. In some cases, I suspect that the problems that entrepreneurs have with being overworked, overwhelmed, frustrated, and all, all sorts of other words that we could use is that they haven't actually thought about how they simplify their business. So the point where they can not be in their business and somebody else who's not as fantastic as they are can actually run the business in their absence. Because that's what McDonald's and Burger King and Wendy's and all those other organizations have done is simplified it so that they provide an opportunity for people to own a business and have a very good living. And yet a lot of entrepreneurs don't follow that example and aren't delegating things to people. They aren't actually saying, you know, what is it? Where is it that I, as the entrepreneur, the owner of this business, add the most value? Where do I add the most value? And where can I find other people who are going to add value that I can't possibly add because I am this type of person and they are the, the other person that is missing. Every big major entrepreneurial name, regardless of who they are, whoever it is, I can promise you there is always someone in the background who actually runs the business on a day-to-day -day basis. They're the visionary, they're the great communicator, the great salesperson, but there is always someone else who's doing what uh, McDonald's have done and simplifying the business so that other people can run it. Completely agree. That's why I called my business Simplifying Entrepreneurship. So I gave you the opportunity for the plug, and I'm glad that you took it. It is exactly, I'm glad you said it, because it is exactly yeah. simplify it. Make it as, as uncomplicated as possible, and you're onto a winner. I like to use simple language, simple frameworks. But here, here's the big thing, I think, Michael, that most entrepreneurs who are overworked and overwhelmed and feeling frustrated and all these things we've been talking about, it's that... They can't get stuff a lot of times out of their head and into a some sort of framework or document that allows them to clearly communicate what needs to happen. So they feel the pressure of having to do it themselves. Because they haven't explained to someone else how to do it. Right, right. So, so by using certain frameworks and using certain, like I, I have you know, dozens of one page sheets that sort of take these frameworks out of your head and put them into a framework that you can then communicate. Cause here's another thing. I mean, I know you have a master's and we, I have name, letters behind my name too. I don't use them that often, but you know, from, from that side of things, I, I, I came up recently with a new little framework, um, which is. What are the three letters that you want to add to your name this year? And I called it the CPA. And, you know, some people will say, well, that's a chartered professional accountant or depending on where you live in, in the world, it's, you know, a CA or CPA or whatever the case is. But mine isn't. It's more around the framework of what you want to add as an entrepreneur. And those CPA, those three letters are you want to be a master's of communication, a master's of process, and a master of accountability. And when you start mastering those three things, your freedoms come true. Yes, yes. Talking about delegation, you cannot delegate it without yeah. having to explain it. You cannot delegate something without actually defining what the process is that you want to delegate. Yeah. And how do you achieve you need the process? 
and defining what the results of successful completion of what you have delegated will be. Right. This is what success looks like. This is what will happen as a result of that. You will feel the frustration. You will feel the burn until you can get that off of your plate into a process that you can communicate clearly and then assign accountability. And assigning accountability isn't just putting somebody's name on it. It's actually giving them accountability. And this, and the reason I'm saying this is because a lot of people in their small businesses, medium-sized businesses, have somebody's name attached to an accountability, but they don't actually give them the accountability. I think one of the issues I've seen in, in many people is that they don't trust the people, mm-hmm. that, they, that they need to trust the person to actually do the job correctly that's been delegated to them. And part of building that trust is making sure that the person has been trained right. to be able to do the job. It's the process, right? So sometimes they don't trust the person because they don't actually trust their processes. It's a process, yes, yes. Well, my thing is that processes mean that you do the job more effectively. You do it quicker because you are following the quickest route. The process, or process, because you're a North American, is that it gets you from A to B as quickly as possible, as um, consistently as possible. So you're reenacting the same process again and again, and that's what saves you the time. And you know, because it is a process, that it's going to do the job in the right way, rather than reinventing the wheel every time that you need to do something. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's my philosophy that there are no perfect processes, but we're always trying to perfect them still. It doesn't mean that we can't try to get there, right? You know, in most cases, with rare exception, you can't absolutely have a perfect one. But, you know, some manufacturing sides and things like that you can. But for most small businesses, the idea is if you can get it from where it is now to anywhere further, you're stepping ahead. And all of those minor improvements along the way are going to make it even better, even more efficient, even more enjoyable, even easier to fulfill your promise to your clients and make more profit for yourself and your business, right? And this is the idea here that we're always trying to make small improvements to our product alignments, our process alignments, and our people alignments so that we can enjoy more profit. And, you know, I think... The, everybody understands, or I'm assuming most of the people listening to this show will understand the idea of compound interest. Well, this is compound process, compound accountability. And when you compound those items, bits and pieces at a time, and it takes time, this stuff doesn't happen overnight. You can't just say, well, I, I've never done it before. And, and you know, by the end of next week, we're going to have everything done. It doesn't go that way. But Ultimately, where do you start? You start with the lowest hanging fruit and you work your way up and it becomes addictive as the business owner. It becomes addictive because when you start seeing some of this stuff happening, you start saying, man, this I don't have to look after this anymore. Oh, I don't have to answer the phone anymore. Oh, I don't have to pay the bill anymore. Oh, I don't have to do payroll anymore. Oh, you know, all these things start happening. It's like, oh, I want more of that. That's what I want. Those are your freedoms, right? Those are your freedoms. That's the profit of the business. That's why you became a business owner, because now you can start to dream again. And when you can start to dream about what you want to do next, open that next store, open another business, buy a triplex, go away on an African vacation for three weeks instead of never taking a vacation for the last three years, like whatever those freedoms are, 
that's why you're trying to clean up the overwhelm so that you can actually enjoy some of the freedoms. It is very true. If you're not looking for that kind of stuff, Michael, why not just go to work for somebody else? It's a lot less risk. That is very true. Very true. And it makes me think, you know, I used to work for a, a high technology company quite a while ago. But one of the things that they did, which was very interesting, was that there were lots of people who'd been with the organization for a long period of time. They had been there on almost day one of the original company being founded. It is one that was based not too far away from you in Canada. Yeah, I and, talked about it. Yeah. yeah. And when a new piece of technology came along, what they did was they found the people within the organization who had been and the original entrepreneurial employees and other entre- other employees who joined who were, showed some sort of entrepreneurial um, spirit, I suppose. And they set up, instead of setting up a separate department, they set up a separate business. And those people would go off and work in that business rather than being in the main business so that they could be entrepreneurial. They could, they didn't have to worry about all the various different rules that the larger organization with its finance department and HR people and all these sorts of things put in place in the large business. This would be a group of eight, nine, 10 people being very entrepreneurial. And listening to you talk there, I'm very much reminded of that type of scenario and how when you set up a business, it's because you have to, you want to, it's a passion, it's a, you have to do it. It's not a career option. It's like, there is a gap. I can see the world would be a better place if I set this business up, I'm going to do it. And then you, the business grows and you, you become the business manager. And mm-hmm. if you can employ the right business manager, you can then continue to be the entrepreneur and look at what the business needs to be in five years time I read an interview with Jeff Bezos who was saying that he has very little knowledge of what is happening in Amazon on a day-to-day basis because he is not involved but ask him what Amazon will be doing in five years time ask him what they will be doing in 20 years time and if he wanted to which he doesn't want to until he's ready he could tell you because that's where his focus is he's continuing to be the entrepreneur he's worked out what it, where his value is added into that business and he is concentrating on adding the value that he is best suited to deliver you have to and if he didn't he's still involved in the day-to-day he would be overworked he'd be overwhelmed he'd be frustrated because it's not the best situation for him to be in yeah he's working on his business not in it right yeah working on it not in it it's it, but it's i hear that expression so often and very often you wonder, like, what does it mean? Yeah, that's to me, that's what it means. And, you know, so many of the, I, I work with a group of dance school owners. There's 300 dance school owners. And um, they, some of them have multiple locations and all sorts of different things. And, but this idea around, well, I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to do this. Well, do you like how much time are you actually looking at the future? Do you want to own another uh, location? All of these other things. Like if you're mired down into, as you had uh, said earlier, the management of your business and you're spending 95% on the management of your business. Well, how, how can you ever think about what's down the road? Like you're not allowing yourself that time. So my encouragement to anyone listening to this who feels as though they're more of a manager than they are an owner 
is to start off slowly and book it in, put it in your timeline. Every Friday afternoon from three to five, I'm going to work on something around the future of my business or every Monday morning at seven o'clock. I do that. I'm booking myself some time to give myself the freedom to think about my future because your future has to set up the idea around what you want for your business because your business should be propping your future up, right? And if you don't give yourself time to think about what you want for your future, how can you ever align your business to give that to you? All of those things are part of the puzzle of being a business owner, but think of it, you're the business owner. And the first step is that you need to know what you want down the road so that you can actually craft the business through time, might take three years, five years, 10 years, 25 years, through time to get you to those different levels. But if you don't have that vision of what you want for your life, it's very hard to have the business support that vision. That is very true. And I'm thinking that when we start a business, it's all about what the business is going to do to change the world, to make the world a better place, and all sorts of nice words that we can think about at the times. Yeah. But actually, when you set the business up, it is about being able to have the lifestyle that you want to lead, that you want to create for yourself and your loved ones and controlling yes. the, the impact that running the business, being the owner has on your ability to deliver that lifestyle is the key skill. I think after listening to you and ex you explaining it, I think that is the key skill of success as a business owner is managing the relationship between the life that you want to lead and the organization, the business that funds and supports that lifestyle. And you must keep it balanced. Yeah. But too many people, I think, in that situation, the business takes over. Yeah. And I think, you know, I have a vision, you know, part of one of my one of my sort of vision, personal vision and mission type things. The reason I coach is because I truly believe that entrepreneurs, business owners are the backbones of their community. When they have more money and more time, they usually give more money and more time back to their communities. If you look at it, the business owners typically are the little league coaches. They're the deacons in the church. They're the ones that are helping out at the church or at the hospital fundraiser. They're doing all of these different things because they want to give back in most cases. They're the ones that have given most, most of the money into all of these things. They're also the ones that have given most of the time into these things. It's really, really interesting. So my philosophy is, is that if I can help entrepreneurs make more money and give them back more time, that they will actually give more to their communities. And in some small way, I may be able to help a community, not even my own community, by helping that entrepreneur give back to theirs. That's one of my mission sort of guiding principles of why I work with entrepreneurs. And it's unique to me and that, and that's fine, but what are yours? Because that's a, that's a piece of my future. And I can never see myself stopping working with entrepreneurs because I want communities to survive and thrive. And it's my belief that this, if the small businesses of that community do that, that those communities will survive and thrive too. Yes. 
think about these different things in your business. And I'm talking to you, the listener, you know, like what is, what are the pieces of the puzzle for you 25 years down the road and how can you have your business help you get there? Because if I can grow and help more and more business owners, then that part of my sort of guiding principles of my life is going to be more fulfilled. That is very true. I agree with you. You've certainly given us an awful lot to think about there, Peter. I very much appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be with you here, Michael, and a pleasure to be most of all with everybody listening today. And I thank them for listening as well. Yes. Thank you very much for listening to The Independent Minds. I am Michael Millward, the Managing Director of Abbasida, and I have been having a conversation with the independent mind, Peter Moore of Simplifying Entrepreneurship. Com. You can find out more about both of us at abbasida.co.uk. There is a link in the description. If you've liked this edition of The Independent Minds, please give it a like. And to make sure that you don't miss out on future episodes, please subscribe. Remember, the aim of all the podcasts produced by Abbasida is not to tell you what to think, but we do hope to make you think. Thank you.